This is not a weekly show. Andrew has been captured in the Red Star for three years by a malevolent demon named Biley, and is being forced to record a podcast where he reads the Wikipedia articles for horror movies. Andrew hates this, but it makes for good podcasting. Also, just so people know, this show contains Wikipedia summaries for horror movies, so it's pretty explicit. So be careful airing this around children or impressionable podcasters. This show's not args, baby. And welcome to my Wikipedia recap of a horror movie, my Wikipedia recap of a horror movie, my Wikipedia recap of a horror movie, and me, the recap podcast for the modern era. I'm your oldest host, Andrew. That's it, it's just me. Um, I was told that the McElroy is really popular, so I figured that if I did their style, then maybe we could get really popular. That's what the producer thinks anyways. Um, I was also told that I should replicate the very innovative podcaster Roman Mars, but unfortunately my voice lacks both the depth and the breadth of knowledge that he carries, so I don't really think that that one's going to work here. Um, anyways, I'm not here to give advice, uh, like the new title of the show says. I'm here to recap horror movies based on their Wikipedia pages. Um, yeah, the producer thinks he's got a hit on his hands and the only way to make that happen is to punish me for living i guess anyways i'm andrew i'm here with an egg as always it's sitting here with me while i record um i guess that could be my middleest brother maybe biley's my youngest brother it's definitely not a sweet baby, though. Anyways, um, I'm here to recap horror movies, so today we're going to start with Leprechaun. Leprechaun is a 1993 American comedy horror film written and directed by Mark Jones. It stars Warwick Davis in the title role and Jennifer Aniston in her film debut. Davis plays a vengeful leprechaun who believes a family has stolen his pot of gold. As he hunts them, they attempt to locate his gold to vanquish him. The film was originally meant to be more of a straight horror film, but Davis injected humor into his role. Huh. So that means that, like, in 1991, some producer went into a studio. Actually, luckily I'm opened up to the Wikipedia page, so I can say that someone went into Trimark Pictures and said, Hey, I got an idea. For a spooky movie. And they said, great, what is it? And Jeffrey V. Malian, the visionary that he is, said, it's about a leprechaun. 
brilliant. Anyways, this Wikipedia page is pretty good. It's got a surprisingly robust plot section, as well as a good cast page, and some pictures of Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis is a really good actor. I like him a lot. It's just a shame that in this one you'd have to see him, I guess, stab people? I don't really know what it is that leprechauns do to hurt people. Maybe he shoots rainbows. I don't know. Anyways, it's a pretty good Wikipedia page, and if you want to join me in reading it, you can if you go to https colon slash slash en dot wikipedia dot org slash wiki slash leprechaun underscore film. I'm sorry, there's parentheses around film. That was a wiki goops on my part. Don't, 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 sorry. Anyways, um, let's get into the plot now that we looked at the Wikipedia summary. Let's see how good the recap is. In 1983, Dan O'Grady returns to his home in North Dakota from a trip to his native Ireland, where he stole a pot of gold from a leprechaun. After burying the gold, O'Grady discovers that the evil leprechaun has followed him home and murdered his wife. That's spooky. O'Grady uses a four-leaf clover to suppress the leprechaun's powers and trap him inside a crate. But before he can burn him, he suffers a stroke. What? He just has a leprechaun in a box? I guess that works, but that's not really what I would do to go about this. There's no better way to hold a leprechaun down? Anyways... Ten years later, J.D. Redding and his teenage daughter Tori rent the O'Grady farmhouse for the summer. Contract workers Nathan Murphy, his ten-year-old brother Alex, and their dim-witted friend Ozzie Jones help repaint the farmhouse. While looking around the basement, Ozzie hears the leprechaun's cry for help and mistakes him for a little child. He brushes the old four-leaf clover off the crate, freeing the leprechaun. After failing to convince the others that he met a leprechaun, Ozzie spots a rainbow and chases it believing that he'll find a pot of gold at the end. Okay. Alex accompanies him for fear that Ozzy might hurt himself. A bag of a hundred gold coins magically appears before Ozzy. Whoa, that's super cool. Huh. After Ozzy tests the gold and accidentally swallows a coin, what? Why would... Why did he swallow... Okay, um... They stash it in an old well and plot to keep it for themselves, hoping to fix Ozzy's brain. What's wrong with Ozzy's brain? I guess it says he's dim-witted. Maybe that's a euphemism that the movie's using? Y'all, this movie doesn't sound super great. Um, anyways, at the farm, the leprechaun lures JD into a trap by imitating a cat, biting and injuring his hand. Tori and the others rush him to a hospital, and the leprechaun follows on a tricycle. That's spooky. Alex and Ozzy visit a pawn shop to see if the gold is pure, and the leprechaun kills Joe the shop owner for stealing his gold. The leprechaun returns to the farmhouse, where he searches for his gold and shines every shoe that he finds. Is that a leprechaun thing? Is that what leprechauns do? Someone messaged me and tell me what 
leprechauns do? Because I got no idea what that is. Okay, so he shines every shoe that he finds. After leaving JD at the hospital, the group drives back to the farmhouse. Finding it ransacked, Nathan checks outside, where he's injured by a bear trap set by the leprechaun. That's spooky. I don't want to get hit by a bear trap. After finding a shotgun in the farmhouse, they shoot the leprechaun several times. When this has no effect, they attempt to flee the farm, but their truck's engine has been sabotaged by the leprechaun. Do leprechaun... When did this leprechaun come back? I guess it was the 80s. Do leprechauns know about cars? I don't know how I would sabotage a car, except for, like, cutting a tire. What do leprechauns know about cars? Is that part of leprechauns? Shit. Anyways. After ramming the truck with a go-kart, the leprechaun terrorizes the group until Ozzy reveals that he and Alex found the pot of gold. He has a go-kart? Y'all, this movie was supposed to be spooky until Warwick Davis started being funny. Did they just say, like, come back with a, 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 a go-kart and we'll get back into this scene? Anyways, they found the pot of gold. Tori recovers the bag from the well and gives it to the leprechaun. Believing the worst to be over, they leave for the hospital. While counting his gold, the leprechaun discovers that he's missing the last coin that Ozzy swallowed. Uh-oh. Thinking that they've tricked him, he menaces them until Ozzy tells him about O'Grady, who was taken to a nursing home after his stroke. Tori visits the home to learn about how to kill the leprechaun. He just goes to a nursing home and says, Hey, bud, how do I kill a leprechaun? Y'all, yeah, I'm going to be honest, this movie does not sound great. At the nursing home, the leprechaun pretends to be O'Grady. After he chases Tori to an elevator, the leprechaun throws O'Grady's bloodied body down the shaft as Tori flees. Yo, that's spooky. Before dying, O'Grady tells her that the only way to kill a leprechaun is with a four-leaf clover. Tori returns to the farmhouse, where she searches for a clover until she's attacked by the leprechaun. Nathan and Ozzy save her. Ozzy reveals that he swallowed the last gold coin, and the leprechaun critically wounds him trying to get it. But before the leprechaun can kill Ozzy, Alex takes a four-leaf clover Tori's found, sticks it to a wad of gum, and shoots it into the leprechaun's mouth, taking away his power. Y'all, I'd be more worried about the fact that I just swallowed a wad of gum than I would be about the fact that a four-leaf clover just got shot at me. The leprechaun falls into the well, but his skeleton climbs out? That's spooky. Nathan pushes the leprechaun back into the well and blows up both the well and the leprechaun with gasoline. The authorities arrived, and Tori is reunited with her father. As the cops investigate the remains of the well, the leprechaun vows he won't rest until he recovers every last piece of his gold. Wait, did the leprechaun not die? Okay, well, I guess that movie exists. This 
was filmed at the same studios where Terminator 2 Judgment Day was filmed, so, you know, some production companies contain multitudes. That movie doesn't seem very great, but luckily, this next one might be pretty good. If you want to read along with me, you can by going to en.wikipedia.org slash wiki slash jeepers underscore creepers underscore start parentheses 2001 underscore film end parentheses. And it's very important that you know that the 2001 is all numbers. There's no writing in that one. That's right, folks. We're going to talk about jeepers creepers, which is what I said when I learned that I had to do this podcast. Anyways, Jeepers Creepers is a 2001 American-German horror film written and directed by Victor Salva. The film takes its name from the 1938 song Jeepers Creepers, which is featured in the film. Francis Ford Coppola executive produced? And the film stars Gina Phillips, Justin Long... Y'all, Francis Ford Coppola was the executive producer on Jeepers Creepers? Yo! This is like a good follow-up to The Godfather. Anyways, uh, Phillips and Long play two older siblings who become the targets of a demonic creature in rural Florida. Okay. That seems pretty good. Just looking at it right here, this uh, Wikipedia page looks pretty good. There's a pretty extensive plot summary. You got a good cast, home media, and production section. I will say, the Wikipedia article calls itself out and says, this section needs expanding. And I'll tell you, they all kind of do. This, uh, this Wikipedia page is pretty okay. I would say that the Wikipedia page is better than the review that CinemaScore gave it, which is an average grade of D on an A-plus to F scale. So, I gotta say, I am looking forward to watching it. And by watching it, I mean recapping it. Anyways, let's go ahead and get started. The plot summary for this one is that Trish Jenner and her brother Derry are traveling home from college for spring break. As they drive through the Florida countryside, an old rusty truck, parentheses, a 1941 Chevrolet COE, I'm sure that's important, otherwise they wouldn't have just stuck it in like that, drives around them erratically. The vehicle eventually passes them. They later see the same truck parked next to an abandoned church, with a man sliding what appears to be bodies wrapped in blood-stained sheets into a large pipe sticking out from the ground. Yo! That's spooky! The man notices Trish and Derry watching him, and attempts to run them off the road. After escaping, Derry convinces Trish to go back to the church and investigate. Don't go investigate. Go to an authority. I'm not necessarily the one that's the most trustworthy of the cops, but I feel like the cops do an okay job when you tell them that someone is shoveling bodies into a pipe. Anyways, at the church, Derry hears noises coming from within the pipe and crawls inside, with Trish holding onto his feet, but ends up falling in. That's a poorly written sentence. A lot of run-ons there. At the bottom, he finds a dying man with stitches running down his stomach, and hundreds of other bodies sewn to the basement's walls and ceiling. That's spooky. I don't like that at all. 
After Derry escapes, the two flee the scene and attempt to contact the police at a diner. There we go. At the diner, they're phoned by a strange woman who warns them that they're in danger. Confused and frightened, they ignore her warning. Okay. Later, Trish and Derry leave, with two police officers providing a security escort. As they travel, the police learn that the church has caught fire, and any evidence of the bodies has been destroyed. The police are then attacked and killed by the mysterious driver, who loads their bodies onto his truck. Uh-oh. Trish and Derry stop at a reclusive old woman's house, and beg her to call the police. The woman complies until she notices the driver hiding in her yard. That's spooky. She attempts to kill him, but the driver kills her, and reveals his inhuman face to Trish and Derry before pursuing them once again. Why is his inhuman face? What's in... Actually, I don't want to know what's wrong with his face. It's just not human. That's spooky. Trish runs the driver over with her car, but they're horrified to see a giant wing tear through his trench coat and flap in the air. Yo. They drive to the local police station, where they're approached by psychic Giselle Gay Hartman. I guess she gets a full name, unlike everyone else. Anyways, uh, they meet Giselle Gay Hartman. She reveals herself as the woman who called them at the diner and tells them the true nature of their pursuer. It's an ancient ancient creature known as the Creeper, which awakens every 23rd spring for 23 days to feast on human body parts, which then form parts of its own body. That's spooky. She also tells them that it seeks out its victims through fear, and by smelling the fear from Trish and Derry, it's found something it likes, but she doesn't know what. Okay. The wounded creeper attacks... The wounded creeper arrives and attacks the police station. After cutting off the power, it gains entrance to the cells and eats prisoners to heal. The creeper is sworn by police, but kills a number of them and evades capture. Trapped, Giselle warns Trish and Derry that one of them will die a horrible death. That's no good. Derry demands to know who, and Giselle looks at Trish. The creeper finds them, but spares Giselle as she does not have anything it wants. The creeper corners Trish and Derry in an upstairs interrogation room, and after sniffing and tasting them, the creeper throws Trish aside and chooses Derry. Trish offers her life for her brothers, but the creeper escapes out the window and flies away with Derry. The next day, Trish is picked up by her parents, and Giselle returns home in regret. That's no good. In the Creeper's new hideout, an abandoned factory, it's revealed that the Creeper has removed the back of Derry's head and taken his eyes. That's spooky. Why do things always take eyes? I really don't like eye horror. Anyways, in an older version of the film, Derry's agonized screams are heard before his corpse is shown. And in the post-credits scene, the Creeper drives his truck into the sunset and honks its horn. That's pretty spooky. This might be a pretty hot take, but I gotta say this doesn't sound like Francis Ford Coppola's bust work. It makes me say Jeepers Creepers, though. 
I'm sorry, that was a very bad joke. It won't happen again. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. The next movie is going to be The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If you want to follow along, you can do it. If you go to wikipedia.org slash wiki slash the underscore Texas underscore chainsaw underscore massacre. We're talking about the first one, not the new one. I don't know anything about the new one. What I do know is that The Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a 1974 American slasher film directed by Toby Hooper and written and co-produced by Hooper and Kim Henkel. It stars Marilyn Burns, Paul A. Partain, Edwin Neal, Jim Siddow, and Gunnar Hansen, who respectively portray Sally Hardesty, Franklin Hardesty, the hitchhiker, the proprietor, and Leather. Le- Le- and Le- His name is Leatherface. Y'all take a shot every time I try to say the name Leatherface and fail. That's the official Wikipedia drinking game. Anyways, the film follows a group of friends who fall victim to a family of cannibals on their way to visit an old homestead. I don't know why my mouth doesn't work anymore. The film is marketed as being based on true events to attract a wider audience and act as a subtle commentary on the area's political climate. Although the character of Leatherface and minor story details were inspired by the crimes of murderer Ed Gein, its plot is largely fictional. I'm curious what political themes this movie's trying to do, considering it's about a person who cuts people up with chainsaws and, I believe, eats them. Let me know if you understand it. There's a, uh, luckily for us, there's a section of the site that is a critique on the, luckily for us, this Wikipedia page does have a section dedicated to contemporary American life, and it's a section that talks about the different themes of the movie, like vegetarianism and violence against women. So that's cool. Anyways, um... The plot of this movie is about Sally Hardestry, her paraplegic brother Franklin, and their friends Jerry, Kirk, and Pam, who visit the grave of the Hardesty's grandfather to investigate reports of vandalism and grave robbing. Afterwards, they decide to visit the old Hardesty family homestead. Along the way, they pick up a hitchhiker, who talks about his family who works at the old slaughterhouse. He borrows Franklin's pocket knife and cuts himself, and takes a single Polaroid picture of Franklin, for which he demands money. That's spooky and weird. When they refuse to pay, he burns the photo and slashes Franklin's left arm with a straight razor. That's no good. The group forces him out of the van and drive on. They stop at a gas station and refill their vehicle, with the proprietor tells them that the pumps are empty. Is this why my parents always told me not to pick up hitchhikers? Is it because they watched the... Texas Chainsaw Massacre and thought that they would take pictures of me? I guess that makes sense. I wouldn't be able to pay cash for a photo anyways. I don't even have a Polaroid camera. Huh. Anyways, they continue toward the homestead, intending to return to the gas station once it's received a fuel delivery. When they arrive, Franklin tells Kirk and Pam about a local swimming hole, and the couple go to find it. They stumble upon a nearby house, and Kirk calls out for gas, entering through the unlocked door while Pam waits outside. Leatherface, a large mute man wearing a mask made from human skin, suddenly appears and kills Kirk with a hammer. That's not what you're supposed to use. 
This isn't the Texas Hammer Massacre. <sighs> Fucking clickbait titles. Pam enters soon after and trips into a room filled with furniture made from human bones. Whoa. That's spooky. She attempts to flee, but Leatherface catches her and impales her on a meat hook, making her watch as he butchers Kirk with a chainsaw. Yikes. Jerry heads out to look for Pam and Kirk at sunset. He sees the house and finds Pam, still alive, inside a freezer. But before he can react, Leatherface kills him. That's all real spooky, y'all. I'm not a fan of this one. With darkness falling, Sally and Franklin set out to find their friends. As they near the neighboring house and call out, Leatherface lunges from the darkness and kills Franklin with a chainsaw. Sally runs toward the house and finds the desiccated remains of an elderly couple upstairs. She escapes from Leatherface by jumping through a second-story window and flees to the gas station. The proprietor calms her with offers of help, but then ties her up, gags her, and forces her into his truck. That's spooky. Oh no. He drives to the house, arriving at the same time as the hitchhiker, now revealed as Leatherface's brother. The hitchhiker recognizes Sally and taunts her. Is the hitchhiker Leatherface? Or is that a different... I guess that's different, because I think that the hitchhiker could talk. So there's a hitchhiker, there's Leatherface, and there's the gas station owner. That's my brother, my brother, and me. That, that's a joke. I actually really enjoy your program. Please don't be mad at me, Justin. Anyways, the men torment the bound and gagged Sally while Leatherface, now dressed as a woman, serves dinner. Okay. Leatherface and the hitchhiker bring down one of the desiccated bodies from upstairs, that of their grandpa. He's revealed to be alive when he sucks blood from a cut on Sally's finger. That's spooky. They decide that Grandpa, the best killer in the old slaughterhouse, should kill Sally. He tries to hit her with a hammer, but he's too weak. In the ensuing struggle, she breaks free, leaps through a window, and flees to the road. Leatherface and the hitchhiker give chase, but the latter is run over and killed by a passing truck. Leatherface attacks the truck with his chainsaw, and when the driver stops to help, he knocks Leatherface down with a pipe wrench causing the chainsaw to cut his leg. The driver flees, and Sally escapes in the back of a passing pickup truck as Leatherface manically fails his chainsaw in the air in anger and defeat. Okay, not much of a success in that one, just kind of getting away safely. Anyways, this movie sounds really gross, and it's not definitely not for me, um, but the Wikipedia page is pretty dope. They got a lot of little interstitial things and a really good cast section that has some cool stuff and information about the casting of the film. It's also got a lot of pictures and it even has some blurbs about the meanings and themes in the movie. It does not list cutting people up as one of the themes though, which seems like an oversight on my end. Anyways, this has been my Wikipedia recap of a horror movie, my Wikipedia recap of a horror movie, my Wikipedia recap of a horror movie, and me, the recap podcast for the modern era. Um, I guess, do we have a final Wikipedia recap? No, no, we don't. Uh, go smooch your dad. Bye.
Welcome to Very Random Encounters, where we play tabletop RPGs and randomly determine as much as possible. Remember playing with Legos and swapping the people's heads and limbs to create horrid abominations that God forgot? Our show is what it would be like if those rejected attempts at the human form had to go out and save the day. We turn the nonsense into a story with a nice message, like how friendship is stronger than a mind-controlled goblin jazz band. Hey, that's a thing that really happened. Find Very Random Encounters wherever you randomly determine to listen to podcasts.